Today's share in the Dirshu Mishnah Brewer Yomi program is Daf Kuf Yud Beis Omud Beis in the second volume of Mishnah Brewer. We're in the middle of Simon Reish Dalid. We actually begin at the very bottom of Kuf Yud Beis Omud Aleph, Sif Ches. Mechaber starts off and he says, Kol ha'acholim v'hamashkin sh'odim ochel v'shosil refuah. Any food or drink that a person takes for medicinal purposes. He's not eating it as a food or drinking it as a beverage for the pleasure, but he's taking it as a refuah for medicinal purposes. Im taima tov, if it tastes good, v'acheich ne'en and you get pleasure in your throat from it, so then, mevorach aleim t'chil then, Despite the fact that you're taking it for medicinal purposes, you have to go and make a brocha rishona, and if you eat a shear, you have to make a brocha chrona on it. The Ramah adds, Haga, Imansul Echol Lishtos. If somebody forces you to eat or drink something, however, Afogav the Hachech Nen Emimenu, here, even though you are getting pleasure from it, Enomavarachalov, then you do not make a bracha on it. Hoel the Nenas Al Kach, because you were forced to do this and you didn't intend to go and eat. And we'll explain this more in the Mishnah Buruk. Mishnah is telling us over here, if you're taking stuff for medicinal purposes, even though you're doing it purely for medicinal purposes, since you get benefit from it, if it's a type of food that tastes good and gives you a, a, a pleasant taste in your mouth, then you do make a brach rishonachrona. Even though the Mishnah says, the Mishnah is telling us you weren't intending on having it for that purpose at all. It does taste good, but that's not why you're eating it. You're drinking it purely for medicinal purposes. The only reason you're having this item over here is because you are not feeling well, and that's why you're taking it. Nevertheless, since the bottom line is you are getting benefit from it, as opposed to if they weren't well-tasting, good-tasting, then you don't have any benefit from it, then then even though they may be medicinal, but you don't make a bracha on medicinal, you only make a bracha on food or beverages that are tasty. And therefore, if something is not tasty, you don't make a bracha on it, and something that is tasty, even though you took it for medicinal purposes, you do make a bracha on it. The issue for number 30 brings down, even though you have no intention of having the benefit, you weren't intending to have this because it tastes good. You're intending to take it purely for medicinal purposes, nevertheless, it brings down the Sharad Siyam, in Simon Re Shud, you do have to make a bracha because you did get benefit. As opposed to something who tastes a dish to see if it's good or not, so there the Shulchan Aruch says, you don't make a bracha on just tasting something, because there you're not eating it, you're just tasting it. The issue for number 31 brings out a very important discussion. In regards to taking pills, if you're taking a pill that's bitter, and therefore, but you mix within it something in order to sweeten it, to make it palatable. So then Roshlom Zaman brings down, you do make a brach on this, because even though the item that you're adding there for pure taste to make it palatable isn't a real item, nevertheless, since you're getting Hanor from it, you make a bracha. Shari also lehanos below bracha, because a person is forbidden from getting any benefit from this world unless he goes and makes a bracha. The footnote then continues and seems to bring down opinions where maybe Rav Shlomo Zalman retracted this position, Ayin Shom, in the entire Dirshu footnote over here. He then brings down the opinion of Rav Yashiv You do make a bracha if the trufa, the medicine that you're taking over here, has a pleasant taste to it. Afilu kishimora even though it may itself be bitter, but the substance that you add to it is sweet. Eino and even though that item is tofu 
Nevertheless, we don't see over here Ikur and Topol. We only see Ikur and Topol, as we'll learn, when you make a bracha on both of them, so then you the, make the bracha on the Ikur, the essential item, and the subordinate item doesn't make a bracha. But here, even though the Ikur may be the medicinal aspect, which you don't make a bracha on, so the Topol can't be Topol to something that doesn't make a bracha, therefore the Topol becomes the Ikur, and you do have to make a bracha on it. This is also the opinion of Rechaim Kanievsky Shlita. Ravaznu's Atzal also brings down that if a person swallows something, this is a machlokis, but he paskins lemaisa, sheesh lachsho, she have to be concerned, shebliya, that the swallowing of something, nechsheves achila kedarka, is considered regular eating. So even though you're swallowing it, you do have to make a bracha on it if it has a good taste. Mishnaburus of Katan Memdalit. It says, Ayin lekamen besif yud alef. We're going to learn this in Yitz Hashem later in today's shir in the Ramah, b'hagah, mashinif tafshon b'mishnaburah, further discussion about this, that the bracha that you make over here is a shahako. We'll discuss this in a few moments at the end of the shir. Mishnaburus of Katan Memhei. V'lo domi lemashakosov lekama besif tes, ba'ochel isim b'nehasakona. This din that we just brought down in the Ramah that says that if somebody forces you to eat something or drink something, you don't make a bracha. He says this is different than the din that we're going to learn in a moment as well, that if a person has to go and eat something because it's dangerous for him not to eat it, even though that item is oser, so you do make a brach in that situation, the mavarach love, keeping the alkoponim nene, because let's say a person, for example, he has to eat some meat, and the only meat available is pork. So that person is mechuyiv to eat the pork, and therefore is mechuyiv to make a brach on it. After gam shom the onus, even though he's forced, one could argue, why is that any different than this situation? Here we said if somebody puts a gun to you and says, eat this, you're allowed to eat it, so you don't make a brach on it. And the pork, it's as if God, so to say, put a gun to your head and said, you're an onus, you're under extenuating circumstances, and you have to eat this item, so therefore don't make a brach on it. But the din is that you do make a brach on it. So why is there a difference? So the Mishnah explains, shiny hasam, the two cases are different. The onus, enoel al gufa. There, the situation isn't on the food itself. gufa the onus. Here, the eating that you're doing is being forced upon you. person is saying, I want you to eat this, so I'm going to shoot you. So therefore, the eating is the onus. And hasam, in that situation, the onus ain't no alo gufa. The onus is not on the fact that this food is prohibited. It's the fact that this item is now required for you to eat. But in the case that we have over here, where the guy puts a gun to you and says, eat this, this eating itself is the onus that is being talked about, as opposed to there, the food is necessary, unfortunately, because the person is sick. Here we're talking about somebody putting a gun to your head and making you eat. Therefore, as opposed to the case where you're sick and you have to eat the pork, that's different. You have to make a bracha there. But in our case over here, a person's putting a gun to your head, so to say, and saying, eat this. You're not eating intentionally over here. Therefore, therefore the Ramah says over here that, in fact, you do not make a bracha. Many Akronim agree with him. In the Sharetzion, in Oslam Ates, brings down a whole list of the Akronim. Nevertheless, some disagree. The Mishnah Bur brings down. Bottom line is, you are getting Hanah over here as well. Some disagree and say that the Ramah is wrong. You are getting Hanah over here. So despite the fact that the guy has a gun to your head and says, eat this or else I'm going to shoot you, you do have to make a bracha on this item. The issue foot number 33 brings down. Lamaisa, how do we paskin? The Kabbalah Chaim brings down Shekiv and Shenechlu Kaposk Medavah. Since there is this machlokis over here, Yeshlo Lesratzos Bedaito Biachilahi. You should try to make it that you want to eat this over here, and then you can definitely make a bracha according to everybody. 
He further brings down, according to those sovereign that say you don't make a bracha, the first opinion over here in the Mishnah explaining the Ramah, so Shlomo Zalman explains, Shekivan Shemavuah Bishul Chanarach Likavan. In Simon Reish Yud, we're going to learn, Shatoi Mesatavshul. If a person just tastes a dish, he doesn't make a bracha unless he eats a revius of it. And the reasoning is, The bracha was set up for a person whose intention is to eat or drink, as opposed to, there the person is just tasting. So therefore, it's a Kabbal Chomri set. If a tasting doesn't require bracha, because you're not intending to eat, you're just intending to taste. So certainly over here, you're not intending to eat at all. You're just Eating this because the guy has a gun to your head, therefore he says that's why that opinion holds that you don't make a bracha. Mishnah continues, as opposed to what we're going to learn in a moment in Siftes, uh, as we've just explained. The Chayyadim Paskins, that if you did eat against your wishes over here, somebody put a gun to your head, a so then, then the bracha is the arise of the bench, so he says you definitely would bench in this situation. Now let's see Siftes inside. The Mechaber writes, If a person has to eat something uh, or drink something because, that is also to drink or eat because it is dangerous for him not to, then you do make a bracha at the, both the beginning and the end. and so. What's an example of this? A person is not feeling well. The doctor says you must have this pork or else you're going to die, or you must have this item that is an isser or else you're going to die. So therefore, you are in fact required to make a bracha because you are obligated to eat this. And this would absolutely be true if the person has to eat something, for example, sick person is eating on Yom Kippur. So the food is kosher. It's the day that you're not allowed to eat. So definitely the bracha of a person who has to eat on Yom Kippur, halachically required to eat, of course makes a bracha. As we'll learn in Mitzvah Shem, the end of Tafre Shudches. You have to make a bracha rishona and a bracha achrona. The kivan de sakantu because it is dangerous for you not to. So hetero ka'achel. You are in fact eating heter. The other rabba, absolutely the other way around. Mitzvah ka'avid. It's not that you're doing a mitzvah. You're doing a mitzvah. The Torah says right now you should eat this item because you're sick. Lahatzal nafsho in order to preserve your health. Veins of bechal shadvar iser the kaimalon leelbasimul. As opposed to, if we've already pointed out in Simon Kufsarivab, that if a person chooses to eat something that is also, you don't make a bracha on it. That's not the right thing to thank Hashem, so to say, for giving you this Dover Asr that you not eat. But here, Hashem is telling you, eat this Dover Asr. That's what the Torah says, and therefore you do have to make a bracha on it. The only reason you're eating this over here, you have no intention to, only because you're sick. Nevertheless, since you are sick, and you do want to be healed, by eating or drinking this item, Therefore, this is considered a eating or drinking that has benefit to you, physical benefit to you. However, if it's something that you really find distasteful, and your throat doesn't really get any pleasure from it, it's disgusting, whatever this thing is you're eating, it's also, then you in fact would not make a bracha.
Bechaber Sif Yud says, Devash Devorim, if you have honey that is bee honey, as opposed to previously we've talked about date honey, here we're talking about bee honey, Hareyu Kishar Devash, this has the same exact bracha as other honey, the Eino Mavarach Olav El Shako. And just like by date honey, we said that the bracha on the honey is a shahako, certainly on bee honey, the bracha is a shako. Mishnabur explains the Sivkot Memtes, Dehu Bechlal Dover She'en Gilulu Bin Aretz, because this type of honey is not considered growing from the ground, and this is based upon the base Yosef, and therefore, you make a shahakul on it. Sivkot nun, hareo kishar tvash, it's like the other honey, which you might have had a hava, meaning the thing comes from a tree, such as date honey. Therefore, this bee honey definitely is only a shako. And we've already learned this, Mishabur tells us, the spar of simon sivches, the mabarach love shako. You make on date honey, you make a shako. So certainly, Allah has come of a kama, on bee honey, you make a shako. And the Mishabur continues and says, ulusimona ba'almonokta. It only mentions this over here to remind yourself, on honey, you make a shako, whether it's date honey or bee honey. And in fact, those opinions, which we don't hold like, that say on honey you would make a bori prior aids from date honey, they would also agree over here that on bee honey you certainly make a shako. How is bee honey made? It's because the bees go and take nectar from a fruit, and they put it inside their body, and then and they suck out the juices from the fruit, and ultimately it comes into honey from the bee. Nevertheless, one might have argued that this comes originally from a tree. Nevertheless, he brings down from the Bach that you don't taste at all the flavor, so to say, of the fruit in the honey. You just taste the honey, and therefore it is definitely a shahakal according to everybody. Mechaber Sif Yud Aleph. Mechaber tells us, Ha-chavushim, the quinces, type of fruit, Oh, gindish, which are usually translated as cherries, Ovrodim, or rose petals, Ushar mine peros, vasavim, or any other types of fruits or vegetables or growths from the grass, Shemerachim bidvash, that you crush them and you mix them into some concoction or confection with honey, Ha-peros vasavim, on these fruits and on these grasses, Haim ikar, they're considered the essential ingredient over here, the ikar, the hadvash tofel, and the honey which is mixed with them into this confection over here, into this jam-like structure, is considered tofel, and therefore, even if they're very, very crushed, you still make the bracha, hilkach, mevarach, alachavushim, vegindish, you make on the quinces and the cherries, baripri eats, they are fruits, v'yalasavim, and on the vegetables, the grasses over here, baripri adami, you make a baripri adama. Vial shall vrodim, and on the rose petals, you make also a bori priyadoma. And the Mishnah Brewer explains over here in Sivkat Nun Aleph that the dvash eno that the honey over here is just a help over here to make this concoction, this uh, this mush over here of the original item into edible item. It prepares it and establishes it and makes it able to be eaten. He says, this is true, similarly, if you have almonds over here that are covered in sugar, even though they're totally covered in the sugar, nevertheless, the sugar is tofel, and on the almonds. Even though you have much more sugar than you have the almonds over here, the fruit, the almonds over here, are considered the essential. So too over here, when you're crushing the quinces and the cherries, or the rose petals over here, you are crushing them in a lot of honey, but it's still recognizable that they're quinces or cherries, and therefore you make a bar pre eights. Mishabur and Sivkot Nunbe says, even if they're crushed very much. However, the Mishabur qualifies and says it can't be totally crushed that you don't recognize the original fruit. 
because that we've already learned previously. If it is so crushed over here that you can't tell that this is a quince, you can't tell that these are cherries, so then the original bracha over here is a shahako. The first bracha is a shahako. As we've already learned, where we've basically explained over there that if something is so, to, so totally crushed that it's not recognizable as that fruit, we talked about this in regards to potato cocoa, for example, we talked about this in regards to applesauce. So all of those items, if it's totally crushed to the point that you can't recognize any pieces or what the original item is, so then the bracha is a shahakal and not the original bori priya eitz or bori priya dama. So here we're talking that it isn't so totally crushed or else they wouldn't be making the bracha that the Mechavah told us over here, bori priya eitz, bori priya dama. Mishnah Bursim Katanun Gimel. On these crushed rose petals, you make a bari priyadama. So the Mishnah Bura says, Hainu Rosen, this is our roses. They'll show Ashkenaz in the vernacular tongue of Germany. Now, wait a second. You might have argued that roses come from a tree. And therefore, since they grow on a tree, you would say that you should make a bari priyadama if you have this concoction of honey and rose petals. The rose petals are certainly not the essential fruit of the tree. The zara shalahem. The seeds of the rose petal are the fruit, the real fruit of the tree. They are alim shemarakin or some heim haprachim. And the rose petals over here that you crush and mix together with the honey over here, they are in fact the flower. And therefore, therefore it's not the essential fruit. And as we pointed out when we learned a number of these halachos in previous simonim, that if it's not the essential fruit, but it comes from a tree, then you make a bar priyadama on it. And the Mishnah tells us the same thing applies. al haliyondra. I'm not exactly sure what that is. It's an Ashkenaz word. Bolshon Ashkenaz. It must be something similar to these rose petals. The Even though this grows on a tree, the ikar prihem gudgonios hashchoros. The essential fruit is these blackberries over here. Shigdelim biosuilim that grow on this tree. So these petals over here, these leaves over here, the doma mamish ladim vrodim. And it's exactly the same as these rose petals over here, with it's not the ikar fruit, it's like a flower, and therefore, when it's crushed together with honey, you make a bari priyadama on it, and not a bari priyads. Aydin Mishabur says, Vim tomar kivan divrodim lo the reason might be, you might say that you make over here a bar priyadama because the rose petals are edible in the natural state. Lo not when they're raw, even if you cook them. The only time they're edible, elam kein heim evushalim im dvash, when you cook them together with honey. So then they become edible. So im kein heavy dvash ikar. So maybe you'd say that the honey is the ikar. So the says, no. The exact opposite. Since the essential way that these rose petals are eaten is only with honey, heavily dvash toffel. So that's the definition. The dvash becomes toffel. It only makes the verit eligible to be eaten. makes it edible. This is like any fruit that can't be eaten raw. You only make the bracha if you've cooked it or done whatever it is you have to do to it. We'll learn and we've learned it previously, but we'll learn it again in Simon Reish Hay. And we don't make, say you should make a shahakal on it. Because the waters inside of them have, so to say, made them eat. So you might have thought you make a shahakal on it. The answer is you still make a bari priyad dama. This concludes today's share.